Corinthians 13, we're in the seventh verse. It talks about love believes all things. Now, did you, did you ever know anybody that you could tell them anything and they were so gullible that they would just say yes? Oh, I believe that. You know, I think this happens sometimes in church. You know, you can say, how many believe in God? Oh, everybody raises their hand, don't they? And yet, God tells them to do something, and you find out if they really believe in God or not, right? <laughs> you find out if that, because believing is not as easy as I think we try to make it. Uh, believing has to do with something that is not obviously so. Does that make sense? It doesn't take any belief to believe to to know something's going to happen in a certain way. I don't have to. Well, I guess I had a car that was this way. I had to believe for it to turn on. When I, but the car I have right now, you know, when you go buy a new one, you don't have to believe that it's going to come on when you turn the key, do you? No, no, it comes on. You just know it's going to. Right? Belief has to do with something. In fact the more it seems like it can't happen, it takes more belief, right? And so when it's talking about believing all things, uh, let's just look at these other translations because it's not just all things. It's what are those things? That, they're things that have to do with somebody. And we're going to dive into this just a little bit because I think it's necessary for us to know how to believe in somebody because there's going to be something about somebody that's going to not be like turning on the car it's going to be something we're going to have to believe for amen it's something that might not be all that obvious and there might be a lot of reasons why we should not be able to love not be able to believe in somebody has anybody ever let you down big time and so a lot of times it gets real easy to just become skeptical where you don't really trust anybody, but you distrust them, you disbelieve, and you get to the place where you're not going to believe in anybody because you put them all in the same bunch and you say, right? So, but love believes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Trust God always. Isn't it interesting that these are all from the same passage and they're, they're, they're like <laughs> almost saying something else. If you love someone, you will always believe in him. Now, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, what happens? You can be saved. Did you know that's an impossibility? How many... How many are, are saved? You made Jesus your Lord. You know how impossible that was? For you to be forgiven of your sin, to take on a new nature, that's impossible, isn't it? But you hear this story about how God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. And you know what? That's Unless the Spirit comes and helps your heart, you don't really believe that. Because you're so ensconced in how bad you are and your nature and how this old stuff is defining who you are, you can't even believe that without the Spirit coming along and helping you. But what happens? Salvation takes place. And this believing enables something that was impossible to your perspective, but was always there. Amen? It's kind of like Emma's story a little bit this morning. <laughs> that food was there to be had, but it wasn't until you got in the right place. That it could take, that you could be uh, nourished and cared for, right? So, what does this believes mean? To think to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in, of the thing believed, to credit, have confidence in a moral or religious reference used in the New Testament of the conviction and trust to which a man is impelled by a certain inner and higher prerogative and law of soul. To trust in Jesus or God 
as able to aid either in obtaining or in doing something, saving faith, to entrust a thing to one, his fidelity, to be entrusted with a thing. Okay, I'm not going to belabor those, but just go over, what, is, what does this mean to believe? That means you actually are going to put your trust in something. You're going to have to believe in something, okay? Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, he said, if you can just believe. Now, this is really interesting. Well, it's, it's interesting to me. Hopefully, you'll come along with me on this, okay? Because what did it say? It said, love believes all things. All things. And you know, this is the exact same word that is used, that Jesus uses right here. He says, all things are possible. Isn't that kind of interesting? Now, what happened before there was belief, it was not possible, right? Belief comes along and it makes something possible that was not possible before. Jesus says, if you can just believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And then 1 Corinthians says, love believes all those things. That implies to me that there's something in somebody else that's not going to come to pass until I believe in it. That I have, that there, there's an involvement that I have, an influence that I have in somebody else that will be possible just because I believe. Amen? I'll tell you what, I love this love stuff. I'm getting liberated from myself. That's what love does. It frees you from everything being about you. Amen? So that, you know, and this was good. You know, Emma received the offering this morning, impromptu, and she had a wonderful story and everything. And, and at the end, we, we, we declared some things about what God's doing there. Why do we do that? Because he provides these things for us, and until we activate them by faith, we don't really get to partake of them. But a lot of times... Man, God really hit me with this. <laughs> a lot of times when we're thinking even about the offering, we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about what well, we're going to believe God for us. And you know what? The world sometimes look at, looks at us doing that, and they get turned off. They think it's all about you. You're just doing this stuff because you're going to get blessed. And you're just confessing things so that you can be blessed. I'm glad we can do that. I'm glad that God wants us to be blessed. But that's not the end of the story. In fact, he wants us. How many people are able to bless somebody else when they don't have anything? Right? You know, I was thinking about it. We, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of contention going on in our country right now. There's a group of people that want everything to just be given to them. Right? And they want to go take it away from somebody that has it. Now, it's okay for people that don't have anything to have something given to them, but it needs to be given as benevolence, right? Now, here's the problem with something just being, having an attitude that I have to have something given to me. You know what that is? That's a victim attitude. That's an attitude that the only way I'm going to be blessed is if somebody gives something to me. And you know what Jesus said about blessing? He said, it's more blessed to do what? to give than to receive. And as long as you're just receiving, you're not going to be able to give. And so what, what's happening in this thing is you're getting a whole group of people that are not blessers. They're just receivers. And they're wanting to demand to be receivers. And so they don't ever get into the side of blessing. And so they don't ever really become rich. Because as long as you're just receiving, you're not getting rich. It's the rich that bless. Amen? Is this okay? So God wants us to get onto the side where when we're believing, it's not just for us. It's about love. Why do I want to become a man of faith? Because I'm going to have to believe in somebody else so that I can influence them. Amen? We need to get to where we have this, we, we, we become tenacious about this. Why do we come together as a body? Because we come together to believe in each other, according to this. 
to love each other, right? Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. A big part of that's going to be believing in each other. It's hard to believe in somebody you're never around. Okay, we're going to touch this. This is going to be good. Are you, are you excited? Are you salivating? All right, let's don't talk about food too much because it's coming up here in just a little while. But let's don't... Listen. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, goodness. Let me do something real quick. Can I do this? Um, my little thing messed up on me here. So, there's two things that have to do. I'll go to my next slide without the slide, okay? While I fix my software here. Can you, can you pray for me? I do this. Okay. Yes. I can do all things. I believe all things are possible. All right. Okay. So what, what does it take to actually believe something in your heart? When, 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 there's, a, when there's no thing that's obvious that's actually going to make it happen. Okay. There's two sides to it that I'm going to touch on just briefly, and I think it'll be help, helpful for us. Amen. There's a side of you have to have had an experience. If you've had an experience with something, you've proven it to happen before, or you've received of it, it gives you a foundation for belief. Okay? What happens when you, when you, when you believe in God? The Spirit comes and He touches you with an experience. How many have been experienced the presence of God? Amen? What's happening? You're having an experience. It's causing your heart to have a foundation for belief. Amen? Okay, I need to keep doing this while I'm talking because I'm getting so excited about what I'm saying. That, uh, so, so uh, you need to have an experience and then you need to have some information. It's really hard to believe in something that you know nothing about. Right? Why do my people perish? For a lack of knowledge, right? It's going to be really hard to believe the best in somebody else unless you know something than that obnoxious thing that they do. You know what I mean? Some people can just annoy you, you know, just the way they look. Am I, am I being, this, this doesn't sound like a love, this doesn't sound like a love sermon, does it? <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody here, right? No, those other people somewhere, right? All right, let's see where I'm at here. Maybe, maybe I need to quit talking about this. Uh, all right. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, <laughs> but I need some information, some understanding about something about you that's going to help me when it's, it's very difficult, when it's impossible, when it's requiring me to believe. Okay? So I'm going to have to have some information that goes beyond just what you're giving me right now. Okay? Does this make sense? All right, so the basis for belief is an experience with or information that may not be all that easily observed. Something about somebody that you know it's there because you know some information, okay? You know what? You know, I was sharing, we, we, have, a, we have a couple that came here recently. Uh, several months ago, actually, and and the wife had been through a, a very traumatic. Um, well, she, she. I don't. I don't think he's going to care. This is a testimony. This is a testimony. Um, yeah, he might be watching on YouTube. He's he's watched our services. Uh, Brian, if you are, hopefully this is okay. I'm just sharing your testimony. So, um, 
But when she came, all our experience with his wife was seeing her in a state that was very disabled mentally. And what was very precious to me was I could look at Brian and I knew he knew something about her that I did not. And he never gave up on her. He never gave up on her. They were wanting to put her into facilities. They were wanting to do other things. He said, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to believe God because I know something about her. I know, I know who she really is. And he talked to her like there was nothing, no problem at all. So just this week, I think it was on uh, Thursday, I went up to the hospital and, 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 and they had gone into emergency because she was having a really traumatic experience again. And I went in there and her eyes were bright like I'd never seen them before. And I prayed with them. And when I got done, uh, I said, in Jesus' name, she repeated that when I did. And I, was, I thought that was, now I didn't, you know, she might have done some of this before, but, and, and then I went over to her and I, and I told her, I said, I love you. And she said, I love you too. And that hadn't happened yet. That hadn't happened. And then just yesterday morning, he sent a, a, a video of her in the hospital bed just talking like there was nothing. This was not the person I had any experience with before. In fact, when I would go to pray, my vision still was just the way she was. But he had a different perspective because he knew her in a different way. Amen? You know what? When God looks at us, he doesn't see what everybody else sees. He sees who Jesus died for. Amen? And now, when he takes us and we have an encounter with that person that Jesus died for, he wants us to see them the way Jesus did. Not, not what we're seeing on the outside. He wants us to see, to know. And so you know how he does that. Well, we'll get to it, okay? So how would we have a problem with believing if we haven't had an experience and if we don't know information? We just do the inverse, right? It's going to be impossible to love somebody by believing in them unless we have an experience. It doesn't have to be with them. And the information doesn't have to come from them, but it needs to come from somewhere. Amen? So... How do we do this? How do we, how do we have an experience? How do we know? And this is what you already know, but let's take it to heart today, okay? Because this really needs to be activated in our life. First John says, we love because he first loved us. What is that? That's the experience of being loved. It's very important to experience being loved. And what is that? Does, do you know anything about yourself that would completely disqualify you? And, and people close to you could make a list too, right? They, they could, we could come up with some stuff, right? And it's very important. You know that our God is a most holy God? He doesn't put up with anything. He wants things to be perfect. And yet, because of his love, he sees us perfect in Christ. Amen? And it's so important for us to go into the presence of God like we did earlier and not just be haphazard about it, but go into the presence of a most holy God and be loved. Because what is that? That's information. That's an experience in love that gives us a foundation to begin to love. We love because we've been loved. But it's so important to be loved. Amen? 1 John 4.10 This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen? We need to believe in God, don't we? need to have an experience in him 
You know, um, just real quick, real quick story just about that because how many, how many know God? How, how many love God? Amen? But it's very important for that, that to be something that we're experiencing daily. I, I went to college. I, I, grew up, I grew up as a pastor's son, so, you know, uh, I was really blessed. We had devotions, and, and you know, we, we got to minister as a family, and so we would pray together. And, and I remember, you know, I, I grew up in a church where we believed in, in the fullness of the Spirit, and we would have altar services all the time where we'd come in and just, just bask in the presence of God. I'd cry. We'd pray loud. We, we'd speak in tongues. We, we would experience just the presence of God. You know, huge. So I go off to college. I went to a secular college because I was the one to study music. And I went to, went to this secular college, and I, and I took a class called Modern uh, Religion, I believe is, is what it was. And so what they taught in this class was all these different religious paths to God, you know? And what they, what they said is, well, relig- what religion is is just some stories about what happened to, some, to people. And so they, they, you know, they talked about Hinduism and Buddhism and all these other isms. And then, and then they just kind of lump Christianity in there with it. And you know what's happening in the middle of all that is there's a challenge to what you believe. Because now you're... you're, you're you're being shown something that, that what you believed all along, which what was real to you is now just another thing. And, I, you know, this, this is really obvious the way I'm telling this, but this is reality to us on a daily basis because we're surrounded with all, other, these, all these other beliefs going on around us. But you know what I, I experienced in that class? I said, but what about Jesus? You can give me all these other stories. You can give me all this other stuff, but I've experienced Jesus. Amen? And it's very important for me to experience him because it's not about what happened just 20 years ago. We used to have testimony services, and people would stand up and say, 20 years ago I was gloriously saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what? My testimony needs to be this morning, just a moment ago, amen, because I'm going to need that experience in the presence of God that's going to help me to believe the same thing for somebody else, amen, that just as God loves me and honors me with his presence, God's wanting to do the same thing in somebody else's life, amen, Luke 7, 47. Remember, this is a story about, about the lady that came, and she had that real, uh, really expensive uh, ointment, you know, and, and she came and she, she poured it out. What's that? That alabaster. You know, I don't really know a whole lot about alabaster, but I know it's real expensive. So. <laughs> and 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 the the uh, what was it was it Judas or or uh, I think Judas got upset didn't he that 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 was taking place, um, and you know what he didn't care that it wasn't given to the poor he he just didn't like it, it was it was a god to him it was a god to him but what did Jesus have to say about that because this woman. What was she coming out of? She was coming out of a life of sin where she had given her body. And, she, and, and in the process of that, she had a, she had a crushed identity. She, her, her sin and, and, and the weight of that had overwhelmed her. And what did she find in the presence of Jesus? This was Jesus. Every other religious person that she had encountered would turn away and walk away from her. Right? Well, what happened in the presence of Jesus? Not only did he not walk away from her, but he forgave her. Right? So they were having a problem because she was pouring out this ointment to to wash his feet, right? And they're saying, how can you let that happen? We could have sold that and, and given it to the poor. We could have done these other things. And he says... You don't understand. She has been forgiven so much. 
And now out of her comes forgiveness. Out of her comes a gift. Right? Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So there's a side of being able to believe with love that requires being forgiven much. Now, here's the thing about it. I think there's a, 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 I think it's very important for us to, to be forgiven, but it's very important for us to be aware of it and appreciative of it. Amen? Here's, here's a problem with even, even the grace, the, the truth of grace is to get to where you don't take it high, you don't honor it highly. And you don't see it as valuable. Amen? It's so important for us to be so overwhelmed with how great our forgiveness is from our Father God. Amen? Because the greater that is, the greater our experience in the ability to give that to somebody else. Does this make sense? It's, it's going to be impossible to love somebody unless we believe. Unless we believe in something that we cannot do on our own. Amen? Is this good? We have to have this experience. Okay, what I was going to say, you know, sometimes we think, man, a murderer, somebody that's terrible, now that person has been needs to be forgiven much. But when it comes to salvation, it doesn't matter the list. We're all in the same boat unless we receive Christ. Amen? So the magnitude of our forgiveness is only based upon our perspective. Amen? It, it, all it takes is just not accepting Christ. As soon as we receive him, doesn't matter the list. We're all in the same boat. We're forgiven. And you know what? The person that you would think has never done anything wrong can be just as appreciative and valuing of their forgiveness and the love that God has given them. This is a part and a necessity of being able to believe all things for somebody else. I'm telling you what, this is so good. John 6, 67. So, we've seen that there's a necessity for an experience, right? We have to encounter God on a level that nobody can take it away from us. No, the, ex the person with the experience always has, has the advantage over the person with just the information. Amen? Needs to start with the experience. But we need some information too, right? So remember what happened. Jesus went out and he fed the 5,000, I believe it was. And then he starts talking about how you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And what happened to all those followers that he had? This is weird, right? This is not something that I'm going to want to do. Hang around with this guy. But his disciples were a different bunch. The, other was, the others were just wanting a show. I like the feeding of the 5,000. That's really cool. I like watching people get healed. That's a lot of fun. You know what? We can be that way in church too. We can say, I just want to see God do something. But what happens when it, when it comes down to rubber meat in the road and you actually change in your life to follow after the master? That's going to take something else, isn't it? And Jesus, when he went after that, and everybody's running away from him, and he turns to his, his disciples. This is how amazing Jesus was. He turns to his disciples, the ones he's, he's poured his life into. He's ready for them to leave too. This is how much he says, I don't, this is not about me. This is about my mission. Even Jesus, it was never about him. It was about his mission. Right? So he turns to his disciples and he says, you, you do not want to leave too, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, 
to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I thought that's interesting. He didn't say, we just like being with you, Jesus. We like your miracles. No, there was something deeper that he was getting from this. He was getting his foundation for his life. Our foundation isn't just an experience. Our foundation are words of life. Amen? Our foundation is something that's been said about us that we can stand upon, that we can believe for. Amen? Aren't you glad that the Word of God is full of this about us? Stuff that God has said about us. That we can stand, we can believe for it. Amen? So, so Peter says, I cannot leave you because I believe in you because of the words that come out of your mouth. They're my life. I base my life upon what you said. I can't go anywhere else for that. What else are we basing our life upon? Are we able to say, that I can't go anywhere else because my life is based upon what God says. Are we going to Fox News? Are we going to MSNBC? Are we going, you know, what are we going to to find out what we're going to believe in? Because all the information that's coming into us is affecting their words. Amen? Okay. Still with me? Are we good? All right. John 4, 48. kind of going to the same thing I was just talking about. Sometimes people just want to see stuff. They just want to go to the show. They just want to be impressed by the stuff. Jesus said, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. You know what? This man was not used to this. Here's how it normally happens. We like to put God in a box, don't we? If I can just go to Brownsville, if I can just go to where the, 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 where the Spirit's moving, if I can just go where somebody's anointed, if I can just go have them touch me, if, if I can just have an experience where there's an anointing somewhere, Jesus said, that I'm, I'm going to go places everywhere I go if something's going to happen, but don't put me in a box. Don't put me in it. Don't say this is how it has to happen. Amen? Jesus just said unto him, go. Not I'm coming with you. Not, not, nothing comforting like that. Right? He said, you go. Your son lives. He just said something, didn't he? He just gave some information. And the man believed. What happened? He believed the word. He believed the word that Jesus had spoken in him, and he went his way. And what happened? His son was healed. What did he do? He received a word about something that he was very concerned with, and he responded as if it were true. Amen? Words, information are so important. Jesus said something about this man's son. Very simple. He's, you go and he's going to be healed. He went. He was healed. Kind of simple. But how often? We're given something from the word of God about us. You do this, this will happen. Amen? You respond to those words. It's not an experience. It's not an anointing. It's not, you know, it's not a move. You didn't get caught up. It's the word. And what, what happens? You believe. So there's, I'm going back, what are we talking about? We're talking about love, right? Love believes all things. What are those things? They're having to do with who that person is. And who that person is, is somebody that's been loved by God just like you've been loved by God. And until you've been loved by God, you're not going to be able to re relate to believing in those things in that other person, right? And it has to do with what's been said about you just as the same as what's been said about them. 
until you begin to experience that yourself. Why do we need to become full of, of, of the perfection that God has called us to in Christ? It enables us to believe that in somebody else. You know what they say about in, in sales. It's really hard to sell something that you don't own. Right? What do they say? First of all, you need to buy it. It's really hard to administer the love of God and believe in who somebody else is, to, to love them, to, to care for them, if you're not owning it yourself. Right? What are we called? What, what, what are the two things we're supposed to do? We're supposed to love the Lord our God and our neighbor as ourself. That implies that we've, been, we've learned to love ourselves first. That sounds kind of selfish. But it's not. It's responsibility so that I can love somebody else. Amen? So that the word that God has spoken to us becomes not something that we can just take or leave. No, it becomes a very weighty responsibility because I'm not going to be able to believe in somebody else until I'm believing in what God has said about me. I need to walk it out myself. And in doing so, I'm empowered to believe it for somebody else too. Does this make sense? How do we overcome? By the blood of the lamb, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that took place that made it possible for us. But then it becomes a testimony. What is a testimony? This is what I've experienced as a result of this. This is what I've walked out in my life because God said it. I've walked it out in my life. And now it's a testimony. And now when I tell it to somebody else, I'm loving them. I'm believing in them. Why would I even care to tell it to somebody else? Because I believe it can happen for them too. And I love them. Amen? And it gets you out of your own zone where you're afraid about you long enough to care about somebody else. If you really believe it for yourself, you can't help but tell somebody else. Amen? That was a Don Francisco song, wasn't it? <laughs> Anybody know Don Francisco? <laughs> okay, we're baiting ourselves again. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.14. For Christ's love compels us. We're compelled by this. We're drawn into it. Amen? That if one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no more, longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What's it? Is that, is that just for me? This, these are words of life that are for everybody else that we will ever come in contact with. The good, the bad, the ugly. And the beautiful. I think the beautiful have it worse sometimes because they can get so stuck on themselves, right? This is God's plan for us that we should all live. This is not just about me. Amen? I'm going to have to believe this for somebody else if I love them at all. It will go hand in hand, right? Man. You can hit love on so many sides, can't you? This is just a whole bunch of fun. And it's so liberating. It's so empowering. Amen? Let's take it to heart. Let's grow. You know, later on in 1 Corinthians, it says, when I was a child, I, I, I acted like a child. When I grew up, I put away childish things. This is, this is us growing up. Amen? Little kids just don't care about other people. They just want their own stuff, don't they? They want to play with their own things, and they cry about it. Little Braden this morning, he was, you know, it hit me because um, he, he, was, he was on a tablet, okay? That was, he, 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 he was on a tablet. He was watching something on his tablet, and we said, okay, you're going to have to put that away and go into the nursery now. And he started crying. He started, and we said, you need to stop crying right now. He said, I can't. I realized, you know, this isn't about him being disobedient. <laughs> he just can't stop, you know. 
He just can't stop. Because that's what kids do. They cry about silly things, you know. <laughs> We're born into Christ. We're babies. We cry about silly things. And he's wanting us to grow up, for, to get past ourselves, so that to get strong in ourselves, to get over whining about what we do or do not have long enough to where we can begin to have a testimony that somebody's going to say, I want to be like you. How, how many times, even as Christians, we have a hard time selling what we've got because why would anybody want to be like this? Right? No, we're more than overcomers. For what reason? So that somebody else can want to buy this. Believe in it. Amen? And then we'll want to sell it too. Colossians 3.11. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What are we talking about here? Identity politics. Let's just strip away all the identities, right? Nobody gets to be in a privileged bunch, even if you don't know you are right? No, we're all the same. And I'll tell you what that does is it enables you to love all the same too. When you're not worried about what you're getting, but you're worried about what you're giving. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how smart they are. Amen? There's no, because God loves us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish. Strips away all the identities. Amen? And so what does that do for me? It now helps me to look at somebody else different. Doesn't matter where they're coming from. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Doesn't matter how they messed up. Doesn't matter how they treat me. Jesus gave his life for them as he gave his life for me. The more I, that's real to me, the more his words of life are real to me, the more I understand something about somebody else that I didn't know without knowing my Father God or His words of life. Amen? Now I'm like Brian. Now, when I look at anybody, I know something about them that I couldn't have known otherwise. I've had an experience with God. I know His word. I know what He said about me, and if He said that about me, He said that about them. Amen? So now I look at them, and, and when, 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 there's, when there's somebody else wanting to condemn them for something, I do not partake in that. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a nurse come into the, to the, to the hospital room, and this was right when this lady was in recovery. And this nurse came in, and she said, I have a prescription from the psychologist for antidepression. And you know what? You know what Brian said? He said, I don't know who prescribed this, but I do not approve. Because I know something else that's taken place in her. And I'm not going to receive of that. Amen? So when you're hearing something being said about somebody that Jesus gave his life for, and it's, and it's derogatory, and it's bringing them down in any way, you say, I do not approve of that. Not only do I not partake of it, not only do I not think that's funny, but I refuse it because I know what Jesus said about them. Amen? He spoke words of life. Hallelujah. doesn't matter who we are. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I'm just saying a few things here. There's a whole bunch more. But everybody that we come in contact, this is God's purpose for them, to be complete in Christ. If they're not there yet, it's not because it's, they're not capable of it. God's done everything so that they can be. Amen? Colossians 1.27. All right, I'm just giving you a whole bunch here real quick, all right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. If that means something to me, then I'm going to have to see that it's Christ in somebody else too, that it's their hope. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. 
Is, is he talking about just the most intelligent ones, the most attractive, the most talented? No, he said, our heart, our purpose, our reflection of the God that loved us is that everyone would be, be presented in their maturity. Amen? Fully mature. All right, and I just want to end on this. Ephesians 3.16. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power. This needs to be our heart in our believing towards somebody else. These are the all things, all right? He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. How is that person gonna be rooted and established in love? It's partly my responsibility. Amen? may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen? This is Paul's heart being expressed. What does this sound like? This sounds like him believing in everybody he's communicating this to. Amen? This sounds like something that's coming from his own testimony of his life. Something that's his quest. What did he say? I, I press on to the mark, the prize, the high calling. And as I do, it's such a part of who I am that I pray it for you too. Because that's what love does. It doesn't just consume communicates and imparts father we thank you for today Lord. we thank you for each person that's here we thank you for your presence we thank you for your passion for us lord god we thank you that you don't leave any of us out father god sometimes we can feel like maybe that you even like some of us more than others that can be our perspective. But Lord, I thank you that in your presence, in, in your word, and in, in the encounter of you, even today, Lord, it's my prayer that you may press past our categorizing people, our putting people in, in different identities. And especially for each one of us, Lord God, I pray that you would flood us with the light of the truth about who we are, how much, how precious we are to you, how much you believe in us. Father, I, I pray that by your spirit, even right now, the impossible would take place, that we would have a we would have an entrance into your High, deep, wide, low love for us. That somehow we would be overwhelmed. All the other inhibitions, all the other self-focus, all the, the things that would occupy our attention in such a great way. I pray, pray that they would be just swallowed up, Lord God, with a, a Holy Ghost revelation of your love for us. Lord, as this take pla takes place in us, I pray that there would also be an empowerment to not just receive of your love, Lord God, but to impart it. Those in our life, Father, that we've had a difficulty believing in, they've let us down in some way or another. In withholding the love that, that we would be able to give to them, Father, we, we recognize that it's, it's actually bringing harm and bringing a stronghold to our own hearts because our hearts were made to love. And so, Father, I pray that there would be a liberation in our hearts today 
to those people in our life. Lord, I pray that you, you by the Spirit, would begin to, to compel us to a place of love for them. And that we would be enabled by your Spirit to believe. To believe in who you want to be in them. To believe in who you want to touch with your love, Lord God. Affect us today in a great way. Move us in the core of our being, Father God, to know your love for us. Father, I thank you that it, as we do this, Lord, that there will be a, a growing realization, a growing acknowledgement of Christ in us, the hope of glory being imparted, flowing through us, Father God, making a difference in some where self had a stronghold around hearts. But those hearts are being liberated from self. They're being liberated to love, to believe. Where there could not have been a possibility for that before. I proclaim miracles today. Amazing miracles. Hallelujah. I give you thanks for it in Jesus.